Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 4 of Fed Talks. I'm your host, Jimmy Chrisman. Thank you for joining us. Fed Talks is a podcast for theater teachers and theater education students. Each week, I want to bring you stories and interviews from experienced K-12 theater teachers, current theater education majors, and professors of theater education that will warm your heart, renew your faith in teaching, and provide resources to better your practice in your theater classrooms. Thank you so much for listening this week. I have a great episode in store for you. Before we jump to my interview, I do want to mention that uh, there is a new segment on the show that we are happy to bring in the next couple weeks, and we'd love for you to participate in. The new segment is called So This Just Happened. Have you ever had something happen in your theater class or your rehearsal, or would you like to know how other theater teachers would react to a particular situation? Do you feel alone in your school building and want to ask a fellow theater teacher how they did or would handle it? Do you think surely no one else has encountered what you have? Well, I want to hear from you. Most of us are alone in our schools and even our districts. Sometimes we just need to vent and gain perspective. Sometimes we just want advice. Sometimes you just want to hear someone else has been through the same thing that you're going through. So we are asking that you submit your scenario, your question, or your situation to to us so that we can read them on the show and discuss possible responses, solutions, and interventions to your submissions. My friend Mimi Kirkendall is going to join me on the show to discuss these topics just as she would on our drives home from work where we would call each other and vent about something or reach out to each other and say, what would you do if? And that's what this is about. So we're asking you to submit as many topics and, and ideas for us to discuss as you want to. Please only submit those topics that do not need immediate attention and are not emergency type questions. Also, if you'd like to discuss it with us on the show, we'd love to have you join in the conversation with us. So on my website, www.fedtalks.com, just click on the page, So This Just Happened, scroll down and there's a form for you to fill out. And if you want to be on the show, there's a place for you to enter your contact information so that we can get a hold of you and we can have that conversation and let others share in our experiences and our thoughts on how you handle things. So check that out. That's thedtalks.com. So this just happened. So looking forward to he- hearing uh, hearing your thoughts and your, your topics that you want to discuss and those problems, and hopefully we can help find some solutions. I want to turn my attention now to my interview with Kevin Holly. He is a tech director uh, at Libertyville High School in Libertyville, Illinois. Uh, I had a wonderful conversation with him, and uh, he's going to provide you some some resources and some tools uh, to use uh, for those of us non-technical theater people and how we can strengthen our practice with that. So this is part two in my series on technical theater, so I hope you get a lot out of it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my conversation with Kevin Holly. I'm excited to welcome uh, to Fed Talks today Kevin Holly, who is a technical director at Libertyville High School in Libertyville, Illinois. Uh, he has been teaching and, and doing tech and theater for 31 years. And uh, I'm going to let him tell you a little bit more about his experience and about where he is currently and a little bit about the program that he's at. So, Kevin, welcome to the show and uh, look forward to hearing more about you. Yes, Jimmy, thank you so much for having me. Um, I've been listening to some of the podcasts that you've already done. It's a, it's a really cool thing, so I'm happy to be part of it. Well, thank you for joining me. So, so tell me a little bit about where you are and what goes on at Libertyville. Uh, yeah, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm part of the program, but I have to say it's a pretty great program. Um, we, first of all, we get just tons of support from our parents, our administration, our school board, um, you know, provides 
most of the stuff that we need. It's, it's a really unique situation. Now I've taught it in, in a few different places over my 31 years and um, this is a pretty great place to be. Um, we have a great program. We have just extremely talented students. You know, they do all the work. We get uh, some of the credit based on, uh, you know, on feedback from the community and from parents. And um, also I feel blessed that we've been nominated for uh, Illinois High School Musical Theater Awards in a few categories a couple different times. So to see that other people are recognizing um, the talent and the, the dedication that our students get, it's really, it's really a great thing. Um, so, you know, we do the standard musical uh, couple of plays. We do a freshman, sophomore play to try to get freshman, sophomore involved. Um, and then we do the standard, you know, student directed one act festival every year. So, um, so it's a really great program. Um, I'm really part of, be part of it. We have, uh, you know, a, an actual technical director, which, um, you know, at some schools that's a luxury, you know, in the schools in the, I should say, in the North suburban Chicago area, um, it's a pretty common thing, but you know, in a lot of places, it's not like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, and like I said before, we get great support. Um, we have a great auditorium that we perform in. Um, it's a little older, but um, the school district has been really great with providing us the resources to keep it updated and keep the equipment current and everything like that. So it's been a fantastic uh, place to work for the last. I've been there, I'll be starting my 22nd year in the fall, so. Well, because you, you, you said exactly what I was thinking when, uh, I, when you first reached out to me, uh, a technical director, in addition to another full-time staff um, and, and in Illinois, I'm finding multiple full-time staffs. Um, that is a luxury. Um, cause when I was in the classroom, I, I was it, I was, I was the one until my last two years of where I was and we got a second person in, but mm -hmm. we didn't have someone who was really the solid tech person. So what is that like? And, and, and talk to me a little bit more about the, the shared responsibilities with, uh, with the other staff. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, so obviously we have a bunch of staff that work on the music. We have our choreographer, our musical director, our pit orchestra director, the director of the show. Um, did I say choreographer? I meant to say choreographer also. <laughs> and then we usually have uh, two technical directors work on that show, um, plus our customer also. And we have a couple of people that share that job. Um, so, uh, and then the great thing is because it's um, because it's a small department. It's just me and uh, Christopher Thomas is the uh, mm -hmm. is the theater director. And so the, I'm fortunate that um, I, one show of the, of the year season, um, I get to direct. So it's really fun to do that, um, to, to work with the kids in a different way than, than building sets and, and focusing lights and things like that. So that's really exciting. But the, the challenge is that then I have to find someone to come in and do the technical directing part of the, part of the, of the show for me. So that's sometimes a little bit of a challenge, although I've been fortunate the last couple of years, we've had a, um, a guy who's one of our computer technicians who's really into sound. Um, Actually, uh, his name is Eli Kelly. He actually has a Grammy Award for sound recording. Oh, wow. Um, and he's been um, learning more about construction as we've gone along the last few years. And uh, obviously, it's great for the musical because he just, I don't have to do anything with sound. Yeah. I just let him take care of it. So so I feel fortunate that um, it's it's small, but um, we do lots of stuff. Like I said, we do a number of shows. Um, and I get to direct a show. Um, I'm just so proud. This last April, I did uh, Bleacher Bumps. Um, in our, we have a smaller theater, uh, studio theater space. That's uh, it looks more looks. If you look at it, it looks more like a lecture hall. It's really steeply raked, and um, it's really small. It only has 186 seats. And so um, I've always, you know, Bleacher Bums is one of those plays that's always been on the shelf. Like, oh, I'd really like to direct that one time. 
But normally I, in, the, in past years, I've done the winter play. And I just didn't think Bleacher Bums in February was such a great thing. But uh, this year, because of some scheduling things with Easter, you know, uh, I think in high school, you're so uh, stuck on the calendar. Wherever those dates fall, you have to work everything around that and where everything else is going on in the auditorium. Anyway, long story short, I got to direct uh, Bleacher Bums in April during the baseball season, which was fantastic. Um, and so it was just so much fun to, to put that show up in the smaller space. Um, basically, I, I tell everyone we we recreated Wrigley Field um, in our <laughs> studio theater space, and uh, it was just fantastic. That's cool. So, um, it, yeah, it allows me to do lots of different stuff, which which I love. Um, my wife, who's also a, a teacher, she teaches English. Um, she's sort of jealous sometimes of my job because you know every every couple months it's a different show. You know, she's teaching Hamlet every year in the spring. You know, but we're doing a different show every every. Uh, whenever the seasons change so that's just um that's part of the job that i love like it's never the same yeah from show or week to week yeah that's yeah. great and and i from when i was in the classroom that people always ask me don't you get tired of doing the same thing i'm like i don't i don't it's it's different every right. year and and the kids are different every year and their interests are different every year and i get to tailor what i do to them and so uh, that was always one of the fun parts about my job Exactly. Um, so tell me a little bit more about, because uh, you are not the first uh, teacher who has talked about it, and, and, and I did as well, that the students do most of the work. Uh, so, so tell me a little bit about more, your, more about your process uh, with that and getting them ready to, to be able to do that. Okay. So um, we, uh, we have our, um, when we do all of our shows, we have a production stage manager who attends every rehearsal. It's it, I, it's sort of based like what it would be like in the professional world. You know, they attend every rehearsal. They're responsible for keeping things organized, uh, you know, taking attendance, all the things like that. And they usually have an assistant stage manager that helps them out. Um, for the musical, we'll do two stage assistant stage managers. And then, uh, you know, when we get into tech week, I'm as the lighting designer <clears throat> and doing sound for the plays, um, you know, I'm giving the, all the cues to the stage manager. And, you know, the stage manager then runs the show. I mean, we, the adults try to stay out of it and let them, if there's a situation that comes up, let them deal with that situation. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's at rehearsal, whether it's during tech week or in performance. Um, and then, uh, you know, we, obviously we have students running all the all the equipment, the soundboard, the light board, um, you know, props master, props mistress, depending on the needs of the show. Um, it's really all student run. We have crew heads that are in charge of um, the different crews. Um, so we really try to, uh, try to give that responsibility to the students and let them, you know, have the leadership roles. Um, Christopher Thomas actually in the last couple of years has even done a dramaturg for mm -hmm. some of his shows um, to, to open up their eyes to that job. Um, if someone, you know, wants to be a professional and maybe acting is not the thing for them, a dramaturg is a, is a, is a great place to be uh, in terms of a show. And you, you, I feel like you're seeing those jobs more and more in the mm -hmm. professional world. And so we're doing it at Libertyville also. So that's exciting. So, you know, I, I design everything. Um, from time to time, I'll have students that are more advanced help me out in those situations, but I, I do most of the designing. And then, um, you know, then we, when we, when we work and build stuff and hang lights, you know, the students, like I said, they do most of the work, you know, obviously as a full-time technical director, I have time during the day to tweak light cues or, you know, make sure that door opens the right way or whatever. Um, but I like to say our success is really based on the, the effort and the dedication of our students. They really do, you know, most of what's going on on stage. 
Well, and what a tremendous learning opportunity for them that, I mean, not only the problem solving, but, but learning to do it and, and having the agency just to run it and do it. Um, and, and what real world preparedness they, they have when they're finished with a project. Right. And even if they're not going to theater, I think they learn lots of oh, absolutely. leadership, responsibility and things like that. So um, that's really great. Because I, I feel like we've seen lots of stage managers over the years um, go on to find great success in whatever career path they've taken. And that's it's really awesome to see that. that yeah. you know, um, they've had that experience and it's helped them along the way. Yeah. Well, when you when you initially reached out to me, you mentioned that you've been in several different types of school settings, um, Illinois and New York. So can you share a little bit more about that experience? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been quite a trip. I have to say, um, I first started out, um, when I first got out of undergrad, I, um, worked at a summer theater camp in Pennsylvania called the ETC school. Um, they don't don't do it anymore. Um, the people that ran it, um, you know, sort of gotten involved with their own lives. And, and the other thing too, is that, um, it's, I think it's more rare, especially in the Midwest, for kids to go away to camp yeah. for five weeks anymore, you know, so yeah. it's kind of, you know, but it was a fantastic experience while I was there. I was there for nine summers, and the woman that ran it um, worked at an independent school um, in New York City, and so um, at some point a job came up at another independent school, which is actually up in the Bronx, uh, Riverdale Country School, and I applied for a job there and got a job there, so I was in New York in the independent school scene for six years, which was totally did you know i did my student teaching in rockford which is in the sort of the northwest corner of illinois um uh, a real sort of um you know mix of of race and economic uh, situations at that school um it was fascinating you know and all the classes sizes were huge and um it was a real challenge and then to go to an independent school like that where the classes were tiny and um but the the most difficult thing about that was is that um the students, because it was up in the Bronx, the students were, all the students got on buses in Manhattan and were bussed up every day. So that, the, the geographic challenge was, was hard. It was sometimes hard to get them up um, to the school, like on a Saturday for rehearsals and things like that. So we did most of our stuff Monday through Friday, which was a huge challenge. Um, so after six years of that, I decided to move, I'm from Illinois originally, I decided to move back to Illinois. And I worked at, uh, for three years at Elk Grove High School with a college friend of mine. And, um, and I was happy there, although I was sort of like, um, I was doing two jobs. I was working in the library during the day, and then I was doing the theater stuff after school or, you know, on the weekends. Um, so that was a challenge. It was sort of like having two full-time jobs. Um, and so I, uh, I, the job hook, I saw the job posting for Liberty will come up, and, I, and it, I was like, I told my wife, this would be just one job. I wouldn't have to do two jobs to make, uh, you know, the amount of money I needed. So, um, so I went to Libertyville and, uh, oh my gosh, I've never looked back. It's, like I talked about before, it's just a fantastic place to be. And, um, uh, you know, exciting, just exciting to, to uh, exciting to be a part of what was happening in New York. Um, the independent schools, you know, in, in the Midwest would be like a private school kind of thing. So they call them independent schools in New York. And I got the biggest claim to fame that I tell everyone was that at Riverdale, uh, Diana Ross's couple of her kids went there. Oh, so wow. and she she came and did the uh, the graduation address when the um, the when uh, one of them graduated. So that was it was a pretty it was a pretty intense high power place. You know, all the kids that went to school there, a lot of them went to Ivy League schools. Um, it was, so it was really intense, and so that was a sort of a different situation than you know being from the Midwest. So I, after a while, I sort of got tired of it. And that sort of um, pushed me back. But um, 
what a great experience to have. You know, and being in New York is just great. The energy is just different in New York. It's so exciting and so fast paced. And it was great to get into the city and see shows all the time and just be a part of that um, of that scene. Um, so it was great. It was, so it's been a great, um, like you said, it's been a great 31 years. I feel like I've had just amazing experiences all the way through my career so far. That's awesome. Um, what, speaking of your students, what, what do you, and, and, and you get, you probably get a, an even more unique perspective than, than, um, other teachers. What, what do you see as the greatest need in your kids right now, or just students in general? And, and how can we as theater teachers and, and tech theater teachers, um, help meet those needs? Um, for us, especially at Libertyville, and you're seeing it more and more now in the, in the general media, I feel like, but this whole concept of uh, kids and time and stress, you know, um, uh, it's high school is so much different now than I feel like when I went to school, the pressure to take AP courses and to take those tests and um, do, you know, just the, the bar is set so high to do so well uh, academically that it really takes away from some of the extracurricular kinds of things that I feel like it, it's important for the kids to have to make them well-rounded. So I think, you know, obviously time management is a huge thing. Um, it, it's a, it's just a weird situation. In my school district, we actually have a, like a bonus system for all the staff. If we, and one of the, there's five points. And one of the points is if we increase the number of kids taking AP exams. So on the one hand, it rewards me financially. You know, I see the stress that these high school kids go through. I see the, you know, and I'm talking about how late they were up the night before working on homework. And that's just, that just butts up against everything that we're doing in the theater mm -hmm. when we're, we're having, you know, rehearsals after school. And, you know, during tech week, we might go till eight o'clock at night. And, you know, I think the teachers at some point feel guilty that we're not letting the kids out till eight or eight 30 and they need to go home and do a couple of hours of homework after that. So I feel like we need to, take the, as, as theater teachers, I think we need to support that because obviously that's a thing that's not going away. So we have to sort of, I guess, for lack of a better word, this is gonna sound cheesy, but we have to sort of coexist with that mm -hmm. high academic pressure that I think the kids feel um, and sort of keep working theater into that. I feel like many times we'll see kids that will lose over time, especially junior year and sometimes senior year because that academic pressure is just so hard. You know, kids talk about how the junior year is like really the hardest. They're taking multiple AB classes and they're getting ready for starting the college process or picking where they're going to go to school. And so I think we need to be really, as theater people, I think we're like this just in general, but we need to be really sensitive to the pressures that our students are facing. You know, not only, you know, learning their lines and getting ready for tech week or, mm -hmm. or you know, making that scene look good, working with that other person, but you know, they have lots of homework that they need to do tonight. And, you know, their parents are, want them to succeed academically because they see that as a path down the road to success at university. Um, I hear from former students how, oh yeah, um, you know, it's my second semester freshman year, but you know, I'm already a second semester sophomore because I have all these AP courses that I've gotten credit for. And, and I don't really know what I'm gonna major in yet because, you know, they have, they maybe skipped over some of those basic introductory classes because they you know they passed through them from the AP so um you know I'm not sure what I'm going to major in yet and so it's it's just a 
it's a hard balance, I guess. Mm -hmm. So we just need to, like I said before, we just need to be sensitive to that and help and support the students wherever we can in that situation. Yeah, I um when I when I was still teaching, I I, I taught the IB theater classes, which is similar to AP and in, in, in the the benefits that come with it, um, just a different way of thinking and teaching and learning. But um, I, I I that same pressure was there too with those kids and. Um, even all the way down to my intro level classes, I, I just made a point that I'm, I'm not going to give you homework because I know a, it's going to fall to the bottom of the pile, um, in, in priority for what you've got going on and, and B, I mean, I mean, all the research says homework really doesn't do anything for you. Um, so I, I made a point to not do that. And I said, you know, if, if we're working on a, a, a scene or a monologue and you want to work on your lines at home, you get to make that decision. But I, and I, especially with the IB class, I, I, I made it so that whatever we were doing and whatever we were working on, if we can't get it done in class, then it'll wait till next time. Um, mm -hmm. and because that, that stress is, is crazy it, it, it is and it's just evident in their eyes and we as a ib faculty in my school we we worked we had this calendar and this matrix of i'm doing an assessment this week then everybody else won't and it was kind of like this calendar of, of assessments and projects so that we weren't hitting them all at the same time but invariably mm -hmm. they they would all end up piling on top of each other anyway um so i just i, I think that's really important and, and we as theater teachers have that flexibility that we get to do that you know, and we get to meet them where they are and, and, and try to make life a little easier for them. <laughs> right. I often tell people that the success of our extracurricular theater program hurts our curricular program because we just don't have the kids signing up for our classes hmm. because, you know, they're having such success on stage, either in the musical or the other shows. So, you know, why would they need to sign up for, a, you know, an inter intro to theater class? And I think, you know, uh, oh, hopefully no counselors from my high school will be watching this, but, you know, <laughs> I feel like um, our counselors are, not, you know, why do you want to take a theater class? You know, when you could take this AP class or, you know, this science class or, and then the other thing too, is that, you know, we, we have basically, we have three theater classes and we only usually fill two of them. Mm -hmm. Of course, one of the classes is the tech theater class that we never get enough students signed up for. So I could actually teach um, teach that class. We just have an intro theater and then we have an acting studio class. And so with the acting studio class, you can repeat that class. And Christopher, you know, each semester he teaches it, he'll, he'll do a different thing, mm. a different sort of unit. You know, this year they did a, like a little production of monologue and, and scenes. Mm -hmm. And another year they'll do like a children's theater and maybe take it to schools. And another year they'll do something else. Um, so even though you're repeating that class, you're getting something different out of it because there's a different focus. But to try to explain that to parents or a counselor to understand, well, yeah, just like you take choir again, you know, from year to year, you, know, you could take a theater class from year to year if that's something you're interested in doing, you know, but we, we have kids that go through our program and have great success in our productions and maybe take one theater class and then they're off to college to study theater and they've, they've hardly had any theater classes. So mm -hmm. it's really, it's really a challenge to, uh, to, to make that happen for our students. Well, and I always tell my students that my job is my job as a theater teacher is not just to teach my students, but I'm I'm teaching the administration, I'm teaching the the counseling staff, I'm teaching the rest of the faculty, I'm teaching parents, I'm teaching the community, um, and advocating for myself of of why what I do is important and and why kids should be a part of it. So so thank you for for bringing that up because you're validating what I'm saying to them. <laughs> um, I. 
as a non-technical theater person, um, I am always picking the brains of my technical theater friends of, of their tips and tricks of um, some of these things that I need, I really need to know and, and some quick, easy things that, that, I can do and put in my back pocket and, and use with my kids regularly. Do you have any of those tips and tricks that you can share with us non-technical theater people? Sure. Um, well, obviously, um, reading material is always important. Um, Stage Directions magazine is something that I love to read because usually some articles about lots of different stuff in there. Usually each issue has a focus. Mm -hmm. so that's really great. Um, there's a website done by Scott Parker, who used to be a teacher at a school in New York. It's uh, uh, hstech.org, I believe is the address. We should check on that. But um, it's a great resource. It has like lots of different, like how to do different things and resources and, um, and uh, lots of pictures and things to look at and see. Um, it's a resource that I use from time to time. Um, the, the one big thing I would say, especially if you're not tech oriented is develop a relationship with a vendor in your area. So I have relationships with, with a couple different vendors. But so if you if you need something, if you need some advice, someone that you could just call up and say, hey, I've, I, you know, explain this to me. Or, you know, in my situation, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need a, can you, can you just throw a roll of white gaff tape in a box and, you know, send it to me so I can get it in the morning because I need it for something. It's great to have that relationship with someone that you, that you give business to and then they'll respond to issues that you have. I think it's really important to develop something like that, you know, whether it's nearby or, you know, or far away, but it's something that you develop with a vendor so that it's someone you can trust, you know, that they're not going to steer you the wrong way, um, but they're going to give you advice when you really need it, like especially purchasing or, you know, um, trying to improve your, your space or improve the equipment that you have. I think that's really important to do that. So it's someone you can call up and rely on to, to give you good advice. I think that, that, really helpful what is uh one of your your favorite uh memories from your career so far a funny story a horror story a meaningful moment to you as a teacher okay i'm gonna use i'm gonna use one example that seems to happen a lot i hear this from um one of our undergrads in particular because she has starlight express on her resume oh, every wow. time someone sees the musical they're like, you're laughing. Do you, do you know the show? I do. I do. Okay. I thought, I, th I thought by your, your chuckling that yes, you do. So she has it on her resume and every time like her resume gets handed around or whatever, people are like, wait, you did Starlight Express like in your high school. And she's like, well, yeah, you know, uh, she's at U of I right now. She's in the acting program. Uh, her name is Jackie. And um, so Jackie, she always tells me the story. Yeah. They found out that I did Starlight Express. So, you know, it comes up in acting class sometimes or whatever though. Oh, well, ask Jackie. She did Starlight Express in high school. You know, it's just really funny that it comes up like that. So it's a show that I saw. I saw the original production in London. Um, when I was an undergrad, I went um, to the program in London for a semester. Um, I did an, intern an internship at a theater and then just saw, because the theater is so cheap in London. Um, it, it was so great. I just saw so many shows. And one of the shows I saw was Starlight Express. Now, you know, there's not a whole lot of big story in it. It's... It, you know, back in 1985, it was just literally a spectacle. It was, uh, I think it was after, I don't know if it was before or after Cats, but Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, and it's basically a story of trains. For people that don't know, it's a story of trains and the people in the show are on roller skates. So our group of five or six get together every spring and try to decide what our fall musical is going to be. So we can announce it at our theater um, banquet and awards every year. 
and we were having a hard time one year. This is a few years ago. And uh, another person on our production team had seen the show in London. And um, the choir director, who coincidentally is her husband, had left. He had to get ready for class or something. So we were sort of getting on, getting ready to leave. You know, the bell had rung. You know that what that's like. The bell's rung. It's time to, you know, we got to move on. And so we sort of just joked, well, maybe we should do Starlight Express. And we were like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Starlight Express. And we sort of went away and thought about it. And we sort of came back and said, well, could we do Starlight Express? And so I had, ever since I had seen it in London, I had always thought some, sometime, someday, somewhere, it'll come up, Starlight Express. And my idea was, okay, if we're gonna, if I, if I, as the tech person, seeing that spectacle, if I'm gonna do Starlight Express, then I'm gonna put a ramp on stage right coming off the stage into the audience. And I'm gonna put a ramp on stage left coming down into the audience. And I'm gonna take out two rows of seats and we're gonna make a pathway from one ramp through the audience all the way around to the other side and up and so they could go up the ramp um, to the other side. And that's how, if I'm gonna do it, that's what I need to do. And so again, long story short, um, we decided to do Starlight Express. And uh, it was, I mean, it was a spectacle like no other um, just to see, um, we, did a, we did a half pipe upstate center and to just to see the kids skate around and literally Jimmy down that ramp and across and up that ramp, it was just, it was like, it was one of those things that, you, you know, you'll never forget. And whenever, and I like now, whenever I get a chance, I'm going to tell that story. Um, it was just so much, it was so much fun. Um, we got away relatively injury-free because with the kids on roller skates, um, you know, we started the kids, we had our theater picnic, like the first week of June. And after the picnic was over that night, we went to a local roller rink as like the kickoff. And the kids that really wanted parts went to that roller rink like every week and practiced skating. And, you know, by the time we went and we did the skating auditions at that roller rink um, <laughs> to cast the show, because obviously, you know, you needed to be skated at least a little bit to be part of it. And obviously the people that skated well were the people that got the larger roles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, just so much, oh my gosh, you know, every moving light I could fit was hanging and, you know, it was just, it, I, you know, I wanted to make it a spectacle and um, we wanted to make a spectacle. And uh, so, um, it, and it was, and it was just so like worthwhile to have that dream of, I'm going to take out a couple rows of seats. Like that would be really cool to actually doing it and making it happen. Um, it was, it was fantastic. I have heard of ambitious productions in high schools before, and I, I have shied away uh, from doing them because I feared they'd be nightmares. Um, like I think of high schools that do Phantom of the Opera. I'm like, why? How would how why would you do that? Um, and then a, a, a high school near where I was teaching before uh, did Xanadu, and they were on roller skates. And I'm like, oh goodness, that sounds like a nightmare. Um, but I think you just took the cake today. Um, <laughs> I think you just won. <laughs> uh, but that's fantastic, though. And, and, and what a story for for those students to be able to tell. And I mean, like you said, you're a student at U of I who, really, you did Starlight Express? <laughs> like, because professional companies don't even do that, you know? Right. And then here yeah, we have we actually it. Got a, about a year after we did it, we actually got a, a like a just a mention in a New York Times article about because there was some high school like in Jersey or something that was doing Starlight Express. And they must have searched to see if any other high school was crazy enough to do it. And 
Libertyville must have popped up. So we got like just like a little, you know, done in Libertyville in 2000, whatever it was. I don't even remember. So it was oh, really that, fun. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, uh, can I do one other highlight? Please do. Please, please. Okay. Um, I, I've been just in the right place and at the right time and knowing the right people to have done. I've technical directed and lit three uh, Illinois High School Theater Festival All-State shows. And those experiences of working with the best kids in the state are, you know, some of my fondest memories. Um, actually, uh, you, I just listened this morning, actually, I listened to your, um, your chat with Annalisa Allman, mm-hmm. who was the executive director last year, and I did her Allstate show. Um, we did In the Heights. Um, and uh, it's just, for any, if there are any teachers in Illinois that, you know, have any chance to be a part of the Allstate show, I would highly recommend it it's a very difficult schedule because we work all the weekends in the fall like all the holidays and everything so it's a challenge schedule wise but um wow what an experience um to work with the students as talented as that um just an example the um one of the girls from in the heights who was in the ensemble just in the ensemble she was the girl that won the illinois high school musical theater awards um, broadway in chicago Best Actress Award this last or earlier this month, and she's off. I think she's in New York now doing that. And she was only in the ensemble of the of the Allstate show. So just the ta- the talent is just unbelievable. It's like taking the two best kids, you know, in your program right now, and all the Allstate kids are that talented and that motivated and that dedicated. Um, it's just incredible to well, be a part of that. Well, and I think that's a testament to. Uh, theater education in Illinois, uh, that there's the support for that, and um, that it is it is so well received, not just for the the teachers who are the directors and producers, but I mean just the the staff that get behind that, and 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 the the kids who get there and and they work their tails off um, for those weekends and mount this huge, huge, amazing production at the end of that. It, it, it blows my mind. I mean, I have, I have my person, my students from ISU are, are intern education interns and they help out with that every weekend. And they come back with just the best stories and, and they are so inspired and they can't wait to get in the classroom and work with those kids and, and have their own kids be part of that. So I think what you all do is amazing. When I, when, when I was in uh, Rock Hill, we, we tried to do an all district production um, and we did it for, for three years. And that was challenging enough in itself where the kids could drive to your school after after school every day and, and you could rehearse five, six days a week and put up a show. But, I mean, there are, what, four or five weekends in the fall and then there's a tech week and then the five, show is up. Yeah. Weekends, yeah. 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 yeah um, it's, inc- it's incredible. Even, like, going through it three times, like it's still hard to believe when you get to uh, – we, we switch between U of I and Illinois State. Mm-hmm every year you know, for the show and just to get there and just to see what happens. It's, it's incredible. It's a, it's just a, like you said, it's a dedication to the the teachers and the parents and the kids that, and the, and all the people that support it, you know, the Illinois theater association, um, just, just that we do something like that. It's sort of hard to, like, if you've never been a part of it, it's sort of hard to fathom what it's like. Oh yeah. When I, when I came uh, to ISU for my interview uh, two years ago, I, I was, they, they told me about this production and, and now it's part of the, the festival and which the festival itself is a beast and it blew my mind. And then I was like, and then there's this giant production and then 
last year, I mean, it was big fish two years ago. And then that we did in in the Heights this past year. And I, it's like nothing I've ever seen. (laughs) It, Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's incredible. So I, I appreciate the work that you do on that and, and the opportunities that you give those kids. Thank you. Yeah. It's, I think it's worthwhile for everyone, any person that participates in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did one in 2015 and I still think back to like how incredible it was and, and just the amazing work that the kids did on the show. Yeah. So much fun. Well, what, um, with as as busy as you are and and all the things that you have, how do you take care of yourself? Well, that, it's a challenge. Um, I have to be honest. Um, I uh, my wife makes me walk a lot, um, <laughs> which you know often I don't have time. Especially um, the one thing I don't like about my schedule is that when we do because the 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 cast usually rehearse in our space um, after school. So we'll usually do crew in the evenings from six to nine. Mm. So it's a long day for me. Um, you know, I usually come home late in the afternoon and try to you know rest up a little bit and have dinner before I go back. Um, but it's a, it, honestly during the school year, especially during the during like productions, it's a challenge for me to do that. Um, and honestly, I don't do a very good job of it. Um, that's why um, my wife, uh, my wife Gretchen. Um, you know, tries to get me to walk as, and I, you know, and I moan and complain about it, but I know deep down it's good for me, Um, (laughs) but I like to moan and complain about it because, you know, so, um, and then on top of that, you know, big credit to my wife because she's really taking care of the family, you know, when I'm, when I'm in tech week, when I'm, you know, in the theater all day from, from nine to five on a Saturday, or, you know, when I'm doing an all-state production, I'm gone all the holiday weekends in the fall. She takes, you know, I have two kids. She takes care of the kids. Well, I shouldn't say kids. I have one in, I have a sophomore in college and a sophomore in high school. So they're not kids anymore, but they, they, they have been kids in the past. So um, she really takes care of everything at home. And, and so that's something that I don't have to, um, I don't have to worry about because I know that she's got that under control. Um, the one great thing though about my, like, that life is that uh, my, schedule, my schedule is really flexible because of the theater stuff that I do, you know, at night and, and, and all the different things that we're working on in the auditorium over the year. So I have lots of flexibility to go to parent teacher conferences or pick up my daughter who got out of school early that day or, or something like that. So the flexibility, I would not, I, you know, I would not want to give up, but um, there's sometimes where I'm really flexible and there's sometimes where I'm not flexible at all. So that's a challenge, but Gretchen takes care of that for me. So, um, and she gets me to walk. So that helps with my, with my health. And I'm, I'm trying to eat right and lose weight and, that's always a challenge, no matter who you are or where you are. So, um, so I, 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 I wish I had like, oh, like I heard Annalisa say that she goes to a yoga class, and I was sort of like, oh, I wish I had time to like. Although I did get a bike last Christmas that I'm trying to ride a little bit um, to try to, you know, get get the blood flowing, get the heart pumping, so um, I don't have issues down the line. So, so long story short, again, I don't do a very good job at it, but I, I, I try when I can. <laughs> um, I, you, you, you gave us three amazing resources uh, when, I, when I asked you about some tech theater tips and tricks. Uh, do you have any others that, that you think we might should just know about just theater teachers in general? Um, I have two that I really, um, after listening to some of the packets, I have two that I really wanted to share. Um, I belong to USITT, which is United States Institute for Theater Technology. And whenever I can, which is you know, usually once every three or four or five years, depending on 
again, it all depends on the schedule, depends on what weekend it's going to be. Um, but I was fortunate to go this last March because it was on a weekend that I didn't have any show responsibilities or anything like that. Um, I go to the annual um, stage expo and conference. And that, as for a theater person, especially for a tech theater person, you know, you're not going to get any professional development as part of our, our school district because, you know, there's two of us, one at each building, and, you know, that's not going to happen. So that's a place where I go to get, you know, get energized, get some professional development, go to workshops, um, hit the stage expo floor and see what's going on. So I recommend that um, if anyone's involved in technical kinds of things, if the show ever comes near you, it skips around the country to different places. Mm -hmm. I think next year it's in Houston. This year it was, past year it was in Louisville. Is to uh, to uh, even just buy a, a stage expo pass for that or a lot of vendors will give them away for free and go check out like the new stuff. Um, they also do lots of... Um, uh, displays and presentations by college students that are graduating. They have just incredible amounts of uh, information that you can see and look at and touch and hold. If you need a new soundboard, you know, go to the sound company's booth and check out what they have. Let them give you this feel, see what they're doing. Um, so that's, a, I, I think for a technical person, that's a fantastic resource. And they have, um, they have workshops you can go to about all kinds of different topics that you're interested in. It's just fantastic. I love to go to like a lighting workshop every year or uh, a workshop on color because that's lighting and color is like my 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 two biggest passions in tech theater. Um, so I love to go to a workshop on that and just to see what other people have to say about color or you know new lighting instruments or whatever. You know LED is the big thing now, so you can find out more about that. And then the second thing I will tell you about, and this is something that any I think any theater teacher can do. We have a group of high school teachers up here in the northern suburbs. We're called Night. N-I-T-E is the acronym. And that stands for Northern Illinois Theater Educators. And Jimmy, it's literally just a group of teachers that get together, usually once in the fall, once in the spring. And um, you know, oftentimes in your school, you have one theater teacher, you have one and a half theater teachers. So all these theater teachers come together. There's probably, you know, if we got the whole group together on a date that everyone could attend, there'd probably be 40 teachers representing 20 or 25 high schools. Um, so we get together, like I said, once in the fall, once in the spring, and we just get together to talk and find out what the person in the next town is doing, find out what the person, um, you know, in the, in Chicago is doing, find out, find out what Annalisa Allman's doing at Niles North this year. And, um, and just, uh, get that professional development. That's really hard to get in your school for a theater person. Because you know, there's not a lot of them in, in a school. So that's something I think. Because we we hear from people around the state all the time. Well, oh well, especially people in the area. Well, can you know? Can I come to your meeting? And at this point, we feel like the group's gotten to a, a, a good size, and we don't really want to make it bigger than that because we get unwieldy. Um, so we we are, we're always very encouraging. Like hey, enc sorry, encouraging to say, hey, you know what? In your area, get some teachers together and do what we do. Have a meeting. And so usually we'll do one meeting, we'll do, we'll get together and just talk. We go to someone's school, they'll provide us lunch. Um, the biggest thing is like finding a date mm -hmm. <laughs> that many people can go to because the production schedules are just all over the place. Um, and then usually the other meeting, we'll go see a show downtown or we'll go do a workshop or we'll have, um, a couple of years ago, we had like a four or five of the educational outreach people at some professional theaters in Chicago like come out and talk to us about what kind of possibilities they have for high school kids, for high school teachers, for 
us to go see their shows, to have programs done like that. So we sort of alternate back and forth between that, you know, and even just as simple as listening to the shows that people are doing each year, like, oh, what's, you know, what's that show about? They'll tell us a little bit about the show. That, that sounds interesting. I should look at that script. Or, or I think oftentimes people come and say, listen, I need to do, you know, I know this is going to sound like a shock to all the theaters, but I need to do, you know, a, a big cast and I need to have lots of female roles. You know, does anyone have any good shows for that? And we'll sort of toss out ideas for that. So it's a really great way to get people that do what you do together in a room and be able to talk about the similarities and the differences between us and how can we make um, our programs better for the, for the students. So that's a really great thing. I, you know, I just happened to join it a number of years ago and it's a, it's a fantastic resource. It's one of those things where you go to that, you're like, you, oh, I have to, I have to do lesson plans and I, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to get back to school right before rehearsal and you, it's sort of a pain to go there and everything. But when you leave, you just feel like energized, like, oh, this is fantastic. I love hearing that, you know, that person has the exact same problem I have and we can talk about what can we do to sort of help our situations. So it's a great, it's a great, I recommend it to everybody. Um, it's just a great thing that we do up here to, uh, to make things better for ourselves. Well, I think those are both fantastic uh, recommendations because I, 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 I love going to conferences. I love um, taking workshops and, and, and bettering and learning something new and bettering something that I, I thought I knew well and uh, coming back not only ready to add something to what I'm doing in my classroom, but it feeds me as an artist as well. Um, right. And then, and then uh, as far as it, so many of us tend to get just locked in the holes of our theater and not see any outside world or, and then we feel isolated from, from everything else going on. So I think, I think we have these amazing Facebook groups. Cause I mean, that's, that's where I met you. Um, but so that face to face connection and that, that, that looking at someone in the eye and talking and getting ideas and shaking a hand and, you know, seeing someone you haven't seen in a while. I mean, that's so important. Um, so, so thank you for, for bringing that up. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, my final question for you, what are your parting words of wisdom for new teachers or any veteran teachers who are either just entering the field or just needing a little boost right now? Um, I would say, uh, like I talked about with finding a vendor, like find resources that you might not know about in your community. Um, I, th I think um, like parents are a really good resource sometimes. Um, sometimes you never know like who lives in your community. Like over the years, you know, when I was in New York, I know there was one girl whose dad was a lighting designer on Broadway. And when he came to talk to us one time um, about what it's like to be a lighting designer on Broadway, which was fantastic. Um, but even as simple as, um, you know, we had a, a dad at Libertyville who really wanted to help out. He had some construction skills he wanted to help out with sets. You know, it's fantastic to, 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 to get that. We always put a little thing in our program, like if you have any old furniture or, you know, period costumes you want to donate, I put my phone number in there. And I, you know, we'll, we'll come pick it up even. I, I think it, it doesn't hurt to ask what kind of resources might be available to you. Um, we did um, the musical Pippin last fall. And through like a, a, f a friend of one of our production people, we found a magician who we did, you know, we did the circus magic kind of theme to our Pippin. And we found a magician who lived in the area and he had all these cool magic tricks. 
he's done a lot of stuff at um, at Great America up in, in in our area, Six Flags Great America, and uh, um, like let us use a bunch of his magic tricks and taught us some stuff, and we paid him a small sum. It, it was a fantastic resource, which you know we could have done the show without it, but we just happened to find it um, a, a, a couple of years ago. I got an email from a colleague who was looking for a choreo. She was doing it in the Heights, um, she, and she was looking for a choreographer that had some specialty in like Latin dance. And so I emailed, I emailed her back because I, I should say I have the hat on right now, the, my uh-huh. in the Heights hat from the Allstate show. And uh, and I should say it's it's one of my favorite shows ever. Part of it is because when I lived in New York, I lived not too far from Washington Heights, and went traveled through there all the time on the on the subway and ate food and and, and everything. But um. So she sent out this email about a choreographer. I should say, this is Karen Holland. I'm totally name dropping her. This is Karen Holland, Maine East, who's been heavily involved over the years in, in the theater festival and the theater, Illinois Theater Association. So she sent out an email and said, I'm looking for a choreographer. And, and just, I know Karen pretty well. And I emailed her, I know her better now. Um, but I emailed her back and said, hey, I don't have any idea about a choreographer, but if you need a lighting designer, like In the Heights is one of my favorite shows and everything. And so, uh, sorry, again, another long story short, like, her TD called me like a week later and said, Hey, I heard you might be interested in doing lighting for in the Heights. And so I went and did the lighting for in the Heights there. So you, you never know. And you know, I guess the, the advice is, you know, it never hurts to ask. It never hurts to, to check with people. Hey, do you know someone that can do this? Or do you have any, you know, sort of like you're asking me, do you have any, any tips or resources that you want to share? Um, you know, I love when people call me and ask me questions or, or want to know like, how did you guys do this? Or um, I had a, just last year, I had a long conversation with someone on the phone about our town. Like they're just picking my brain, you know. And I've been doing this a long time. I've done lots of popular shows, and oh my gosh, I love it when people want to pick my brain. I'll I'll have a conversation with you about any show. But you know, I've had a, also had a long conversation with some of the tech people at uh, Oak Park River Forest High School last year about metamorphoses because um, they were going to do it. They wanted to hear about our pool. Oh my gosh. So I'll talk about the metamorphosis pool anytime because it was it's such a cool thing. You know, I, you probably could tell by my enthusiasm for, for Starlight Express, you know, whenever that topic comes up, oh, I, I'm tickled to talk about it because it was such a fantastic experience. So you, you never, I guess it's it's that old adage, you know, you don't know what you don't know. So, you, you know, find out um, what's going on in your community, if there's any resources you can find or 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 ask people or put the word out, I'm looking for something like this, or I'm looking for that. You should never know what you're going to find, I think. Well, Kevin, I have thoroughly enjoyed chatting with you today. I appreciate you reaching out. and uh, well, I, I enjoyed it as well. I have, uh, I've, I've learned a lot, so thank you. And uh, hopefully uh, the next uh, theater fest, or if, if not before then, that I'll actually get to meet you in person and shake That'll your hand. Great. And but, but keep doing great things with your kids, and I, I really appreciate all that you're doing. Thank you. We'll keep uh, educating our future theater educators. That's fantastic. I will I will do my best. So thank you. <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining me on the show. I really appreciate everything you had to say. You had so many great resources uh, that we can all put to use immediately in our classrooms. And I think that's, that's just fantastic. And I very much look forward to meeting you at this year's Theater Fest. So thank you for all you're doing for your students and for the students across the state. We're going to turn our attention now to my student teacher, Kelly Lawrence, who is at Thornton Fractional High School, Thornton Fractional South High School in Lansing, Illinois. I had the opportunity to go observe her teach this past week. I also saw Emma teach this week, and both of them had fantastic lessons. 
both of them are right where they're supposed to be uh, developmentally with with becoming the, the teachers that they are and the teachers they're going to be. Uh, they're all they're both making some of the the rookie mistakes that every student teacher makes, but these two are pretty fantastic and are doing some really great work with their students. So it was awesome to see that this week. So I'm going to turn my attention now to Kelly and let her fill you in on how her week was. So Kelly, tell me about how the last actually two weeks have gone because it's been two weeks since we've heard from you. We talked to Emma last week, so yeah. curious to hear how things have been for you at Thornton Fractional. Yeah, um, the past two weeks have definitely been an experience, both good and bad at times. Um, but I mean, that's how you learn, right? And I have had a lot of surprises the past two weeks because the my theater arts two class was one that I was kind of intimidated about taking over but has since turned out to be kind of one of my favorite classes uh so far just because I, I love all of the kids in it and everything and um they're always so on board to try new activities and all that uh my theater production class has definitely taught me a lot about uh classroom management the past two weeks it's been a lot of stuff that happened with that but other than that, I, I, I really I enjoy it a lot. I'm having a really good time, even good. though it's stressful, but it's, it's good. Good. Well, tell us, um, what are a couple of things that have gone really well for you? Um, really well. Or that you're really proud of so far? Yeah. Um, I think this past week for my theater arts two class, I think I structured the lesson planning very well. And cause I, I started them off with a devised theater unit. So they're all paired off and they're creating their own scenes. Um, and so they were kind of doing that throughout the whole week. But at the beginning of each class, I had an activity plan that kind of helped them through making that scene. So one day we did a story structure activity. One day we did a character development activity. Um, one day we did just kind of more so improv, to, but more focused around relationships in that improv. So um, I, I'm very proud of how I structured that. And one particular one was we were doing a activity called Story of Death. And essentially what it is, it's, four or five students and they have to keep adding on to a story and whenever I point to one of them they have to take over and it's not necessarily in order and it could go back and forth and they could say they could go on for either two minutes or I could cut them off at five words um, so they just have to pay attention to what the previous person said but the goal is to not stutter or keep saying unnecessary information and repeating. And if they do that, then the rest of the students or the audience could say die and they have to have a big dramatic death and everything. And uh, then it goes until there's just one person left. And um, the point of that activity was to kind of show them that story structure is very important because although the story was amusing, it made no sense. It went on and on and on and on and on. There was really no uh, resolution in that story. And um, before I could even ask them that, 
they were saying that like certain people were able to stay up there for too long. They should have cut them off sooner because they were just adding completely unnecessary information. And um, so they were kind of already getting it. And I was like, but that's the point. Like we have to make sure that rather than leaving this up to improv for your device scenes, you have to have a well-structured story. And um, then they went on and they uh, filled out a story structure sheet for their scenes. Um, but I thought that specific lesson, I, I was so happy with that because they were already getting the point of why I had them do it. And it was just, it was fun also because what they come up with is just so funny. <laughs> well, good deal. So tell us something that is, um, that has been challenging you that you're going to continue to work at as you continue with your student teaching. Um, I think definitely classroom management is one big one. Uh, I know I had, I, I called you after one particular class this past week because I had to uh, start doing a lot of classroom management starting on one day. And uh, it, it was definitely very hard because it was the first experience that I've had of it to this degree anyways. Like we've obviously kind of, we've, we've learned about classroom management throughout the past couple of uh, years at the, in theater ed, but it's just, it's a whole different experience when it's, instead of two kids acting up, it's the entire class. And I, uh, I think you, when I was talking to you on the phone, you hit the nail right on the head by saying that like it, the first time that you have to kind of discipline and use classroom management techniques, you feel like that you're failing. And like, I absolutely did like that. After that class, I felt horrible and I didn't know what to do. And, um, but after like reflecting on it that entire rest of the night, cause that was all that I was thinking about. Um, <laughs> I was able to come up with a good plan of how to go about it the next day. And, um, just being open and honest with them about why I had to, because theater production, it, it's not exactly a class that you could goof off in, especially when later down the road, we're going to be working with very dangerous power tools. That's not something that they should be able to um, think that they could get away with like this early on in the class. So um, I was, I was just open and honest with them that next day and said that I genuinely like care about their safety and well-being, and I don't want them to get hurt or worse. And um, I, I, they, they respected that. And the students who um, are not as much of a disruption in class and are ready to learn, they're, they're kind of helping the others stay on track. So I think it, it was good for everybody that day. <laughs> Well, good. It sounds like you're doing some good things and it sounds like you're learning some things. And like yeah. I said, just continue to be a sponge and yeah. uh, learn everything you can from your cooperating teacher and feel free yeah. to call me anytime. Um, yeah. When I was, when I was there, I saw some really good things and, and some things that developmentally and where you are in your progress, they're mistakes that you should be making. Um, so, yeah. so they're, they're good things. So you're, you're where you need to be and you're doing some good stuff. So just That's trust yourself. Hear. Just trust yourself. We're not going to let you fall too hard on your face. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. 
I want to thank both of my guests this episode, Mr. Kevin Holly at Libertyville High School and Kelly Lawrence for checking in with me on her student teaching experience so far. Thank you so much for listening. Please visit our website, www.fedtalks.com, where you can find all of our show notes, our archives, and uh, all the resources from all of our teachers that have been on uh, the podcast. Uh, be sure you go onto any of your favorite podcast providers, Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Podcasts on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, AnyPod, and tune in. Go on your favorite provider, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, and be sure to share what we're doing here at Fed Talks with fellow theater teachers and theater education students that are out there. Do not forget to submit your questions, situations, and stories for our new segment, So This Just Happened. We want to hear from you. Go on the website, www.fedtalks.com, under So This Just Happened, and submit your scenario, questions, or situations on the form there on that page. We'll read them on the show and discuss them with possible responses, solutions, and interventions to your submissions. My friend Mimi Kirkendall will join me as we discuss those. Submit as many of those as you'd like to, to have us read and talk about on the show, but please only submit topics that do not need immediate attention and are not emergency type questions. If you want to discuss it with us on the show, be sure you leave that contact information in that form so we can set up a time to talk. In addition to So This Just Happened and the podcast, we're going to be introducing this week on all of our social media, what we're calling a pep talk. Each week you get an extended Fed talk with amazing guests and resources. Now you're also going to start getting a pep talk on our social media where I provide you just a quick three to four minute video where we talk about a particular topic and I give you some, some suggestions, thoughts, and resources that you can use in your life and in your classroom. Be sure to reach out to me on email at fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. Send me any questions, send me any thoughts about the show, any feedback, or any suggestions for guests. Or if you'd like to be a guest on the show, let me know that. Fedtalkspodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all your favorite social media, on Twitter at Theater Ed Talks, on Tumblr, fedtalks.tumblr.com. You can find us on Facebook at Fedtalks, Instagram, fedtalkspodcast, and of course, visit our website at www.fedtalks.com. Thank you, Joel Hamlin and Joshua Schusterman, for the use of your original music, Magnetize and Flip the Record, that we use here on the show. And more importantly, thank you for tuning in each week and listening. Please be sure to check out any past episodes you may have missed, and go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you have a great week.